0: Hello, and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the podcast where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this podcast is to be a source of inspirational truth that will awaken a deeper hunger within you for the fire of God to burn brighter and hotter in your life. Leviticus 6.12 says the fire on the altar must be kept burning, it must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering system of the temple and it also reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that will help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame this week. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I'm blessed to know that you are listening to this program today. If you're a first-time listener, then welcome aboard. We are blessed to have you with us today, and I pray that Something will be said today that will encourage you, that will challenge you, that will cause you to have a deeper hunger for Jesus Christ in your life. If you are someone that listens every week, or maybe you've listened a few times, welcome back. We are glad to know that you're here. Let me encourage you, if you can do this for me, let me encourage you to let people know about this program. I know we are in many parts of the world and it's our heart to reach as many people as we can so please tell your friends tell your neighbors tell your family tell your church um, we just want people to be encouraged and to be challenged by the things that we feel led of the Lord to bring to you each and every week and listen I've said this many times and I'll say it again this week I'm humbled to know that that I'm able to sit here behind this microphone each week and to, share with you the things that the lord has placed upon my heart i count this um a great honor and it's humbling it's it's very humbling because you know we we hear from people from different parts of the world and from or even around america the the nation that i live in but you know we hear from people how they're being encouraged how they're being challenged how they're being changed and that's really what it's all about you know our heart is to see lives transformed for the glory of Jesus and for the purposes of Jesus Christ. So again, thank you so much for being a part of Maintain the Flame today. And, and we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us through two different websites. You can contact us through keith-collins.org, keith-collins.org. Or you can also find us at Impact, the word Impact, G-F, the letters gf.org Impact.org. You're able to send messages through both of those websites, and and we'd love to hear from you. If you have prayer requests or a comment about the show or even a theological question, then we would be more than than blessed to hear from you, and we will get back to you as soon as we are able to do so. So the last couple of weeks, I have dealt with a subject that's really near and dear to my heart, and that is the subject of what it means to hand down a legacy to the next generation, and even the generations after that, and I think I've made it pretty clear by the help of the Lord that that this practice is not just a good idea, but it's really the way the kingdom of God advances and progresses throughout the generations. I, I said last week that I know that what I've been able to do and continue to do around the world um, for the Lord, whether it be teaching in Bible colleges or preaching in, in many different type of settings, churches, conferences, um, writing books, writing articles, um, doing a radio show, doing a podcast, whatever I do, I know it's only by the grace of God that I'm able to do it, but I also know that I stand on the shoulders of others that have gone before me. There are people that have paid a price to live for the Lord, and not just to live for the Lord unto themselves, but to live in such a way that they were willing And desirous to implant their experience with the Lord into those that they had influence over. And, you know, I can think of multiple people, but, you know, primarily I shared last week that my mother in law, my father in law, um, JB and Arliss Merle, they were truly people that influenced me very, very deeply. And I, I still feel like that I live out a lot of the way I live because of their example to my life. Now, I shared last week there are different levels of mentoring, discipling. There's different words we can use. Um, Paul called Timothy his spiritual son, a a beloved son, he said in one place. Titus was clearly another spiritual son, and Paul had many spiritual sons and, and daughters that we see throughout the Scriptures, and we see that he influenced many different regions. Really, he peppered the Mediterranean Sea Basin with church plants and as a result, his influence went far and wide and deep. And to be honest with you, even being here today sharing what I'm sharing is in part because the Apostle Paul was faithful to the call of God upon his life. He he was radically converted on the Damascus Road that day and was thrown from his beast. And the Lord spoke to him out of heaven. He was blinded and then eventually regained his sight and The story's amazing how the Lord used his life. Um, He was a man that was raised a Benjamite. He was a a Jew. He was a Pharisee. He was trained at the feet of Gamaliel, who was probably the most renowned rabbi of the day in Paul's era, during that first century era. And he was trained in Jerusalem by Gamaliel. So he he really had quite a pedigree or quite a... um, a Quite a resume is what I'm trying to say, excuse me. And so he, he he, had all these qualifications, but it's interesting how the Lord struck him blind and then allowed him to get prepared in the ways of the Lord. And then he went out and lived his life. And he was a man that was literally known for persecuting the church. He oversaw the first martyrdom of Stephen. We know the story there in the book of Acts. But the Lord radically saved him, converted him, and made him an apostle to the gentiles but of course Paul clearly always had a heart for his own people the Jews and and he, his influence was so powerful then but his influence is powerful even yet today and i sit here today behind the microphone in my office here knowing that the life of the apostle paul influences me in many many ways to be honest with you i've been in many nations around the world dozens of nations and there've been times that I have had situations arise or I've had circumstances develop and I've thought to myself what would the apostle Paul do in this setting and I can look into scripture through his letters he he, he wrote many letters but we can look in his in his history we can look in the way that he conducted himself and the way that he raised up leaders and the way that he taught the doctrines of the church and the way that he was faithful even through persecution in the way that he was not ashamed of the gospel in the way that he was able to finish the race the course that the Lord had set before him and and, and he was a man that was sensitive to the voice of God and a deep, deep man of prayer and and, and love and, and compassion as well as a very uncompromising man when it came to truth. Um, so we see such an example that that the Apostle Paul leads us and i i continue to glean from him so so this week um, to be honest with you i thought i would finish with this subject last week but as i have just continued to to meditate upon what it means to leave a legacy what it means to hand down a legacy. I felt it was only right for me to come back this week and to take some more time and just to really encourage you. And, you know, last week when I was doing the program, I really felt the Lord come upon me at a couple of different times. And, and I really believe that I was speaking into people's lives and leaders lives. And, and, and I feel that that same anointing on me as I, I sit here today in my studio. So, so I want you to open your heart and I want you to receive What the Lord wants you to hear today. You might be a pastor. You might be a business owner. You might work in a business. You might be a student in a school. You might work in retail. You might work as a construction. Whatever your role is, you might be a mother. You might be a father. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, it's important for you to know that God has anointed you, that he's called you, that he's ordained you for this hour, for this season, and he has great things for you to do. Amen. And amen. So listen, my my primary scripture that I that I've really used, really two, but the one that I've really talked about a lot is 1 Corinthians 11. one 1. I'll read that again to you this week. Here the apostle Paul again says, Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. And another translation says, Follow me. Um, so imitate me. Follow me. One place he says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Another translation. But the point here is that Paul was actually in a position with the Lord and with his walk with God that he could literally invite people to do what he did or to live as he lived. And, you know, there's there's a lot of people that we look on their ministries and maybe they have a big church or maybe they have a... Um, a big media following, or maybe social media following, or maybe they are successful authors and they write a lot of Christian books, or maybe even successful in the Christian music business, whatever, but we look at them and we say, man, they've got such a successful ministry, but, but I want you to hear me very clearly today. Um, success is not connected to numbers. Now, understand that numbers are important in the sense that we want to win as many souls to Jesus as we can, and we want to disciple as many people as possible. But I I know for a fact, after 36-plus years of ministry, that there are many people that build their ministries based on numbers, based on the size of a building, or buildings based on budgets and based on how many books they can write or how many uh, media outlets or how many TV shows they're on. And, and they they literally gauge their ministry's success based on those things. But I want to make a statement here. You can do all those things and not really be intimate with God or not really walk with Jesus Christ. You can be a showman. You can be a popular um, personality, you can be an entertainer, you can know how to psychologically manipulate people even through preaching, and, and you can sway people with your expertise and communication skills and all this kind of stuff, and man, you can build a big ministry and a, a, a have a big platform, and people can look at you and say, man, look at all that they have, look at all that they're doing. You can do all that, and I want to say it again, and not really have a relationship with jesus christ so when paul is saying follow me imitate me just as i also imitate christ here's what he's saying i'm living the life that jesus lived and of course jesus was the only perfect human even though he was completely divine he was 100 percent god he was also 100% man. He was the Son of God. He was also the Son of Man. So we understand he was God the Son. And I don't have time to, to do a teaching on the Trinity, but, but we do understand that that the reason that he became the, the Lamb of God, as John the Baptist called him, that taketh away the sin of the world, the reason that he was the Lamb, which there was always um, a requirement of a spotless Lamb to be offered, and that's the the picture or that's the imagery that we see the the temple imagery, imagery the the requirement of blood to be shed the requirement of a spotless lamb and he becomes the spotless lamb why he lived a perfect life as a man he was tempted the bible said jesus was tempted like we're tempted but but he did not sin he he also knew what it felt to be betrayed, um, the Bible says in Hebrews that we don't have a high priest which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He he understands the 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 ravages of of, of torture and the ravages of betrayal and the pain of of being broken hearted because those that you've loved have turned their backs on you. He he understands all these things, but he he was a. But again, it's important to understand theologically. He was the perfect sacrifice. He was without sin. So Paul is not saying that I'm perfect in every single thing like Jesus. However, he is saying this, because I've been born again of the Spirit of God, and I have been endued with the Holy Spirit, I have the grace of God in me, on me, upon me, not just grace that saves us. We understand that's a term that we can use regarding salvation, but we also know clearly through Paul's writings that there's also um, a definition of grace that has to do with the fact that the Holy Spirit empowers us to live lives of righteousness, lives of holiness, lives of purity, live holy as Christ is holy. And Paul is saying, listen, do what I do, live the way I'm living because I'm living the way that Jesus Christ lived. Now, there's another verse that I wanted to bring up this week Um Philippians chapter 3 and verses 10 and 11, this is the Apostle Paul. Now, Paul is not a young man here, Um, and he, he has this one desire, and I believe this is what is needed in this generation, friend. If we're going to instill a legacy of knowing God, then this cry, this cry from the heart of the Apostle Paul must be our cry. Verse 10, I'll pick this up in the verse. He said that I may... Know Him. I could stop right there and just spend the rest of my time here, and I don't have a lot more time, but I could spend the rest of my time here just sharing what that meant to Paul. Paul, listen, knew Christ. Paul was a man of prayer. Paul was a man of worship. Paul was a man that saw signs, wonders, and miracles. Paul was a man that planted churches. He was a man that trained leaders, equipped leaders, prayed with leaders. Um, he was a man that 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 fought against um, false teaching, heresy, apostasy. He was faithful to the gospel. He said, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel." And he saw many, many things and he knew the Lord, but his cry at this time of his life. And again, this is not when Paul is a young man or just starting his ministry. This is on into his life, on into his calling and his ministry, his cry at this season in Philippians that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead now my friend that is the the quality of a real child of God that depicts whether they really know Jesus because here's what I found out let me explain myself Um, I've been walking with the Lord since January the 24th of 1985 I was radically converted as a teenager and I was born in the fire I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and and then my life was just so radically arrested i i i was so saved and so changed and immediately began to share my testimony and even preach in the lunchroom at my school and um, begin to share with as many people as i could we began to pray all night and we would have visitations from the lord deep experiences with god as teenage boys in a in a sunday school classroom we'd pray throughout the night and and then again i've shared with you how i met my in-laws and then was brought into their um spiritual walk and their intimacy with the lord so you know these these experiences were were very real to me they they are very real they are very very foundational but but listen to me I can say that my history has been amazing. I was part of the Brownsville Revival. I was in hundreds of meetings. I preached at the Brownsville Revival a few times on Thursday nights. I was a part of the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry, eventually became the the dean of students then, or dean of men of students and then became the president of the college and director of Fire School of Ministry. I, I've been so blessed, and I have known the Lord throughout all those seasons, but I'm at a place in my life now where I, as the Apostle Paul, simply cried that I, may know Him. You see, I, I have found something out. There's no end to Him. There's not like this graduation day in these mortal bodies where we come to the place to where we say, okay, we got it now. We are so complete. We are so filled we are so endued and endowed that that this is, this is all we need, and now we are we're where we're supposed to be. No, there should always be a cry. There's got to be more. Matter of fact, I believe the native cry of every child of God should be, "There's got to be more." Listen, Paul is saying here, "I want to know Him." Now, Paul, you know Him. Oh, he knew Him for sure, but but Paul also knew this. He 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 knew there were deeper. Places of the love of God. There were deeper places of holiness. There were deeper places of revelation of wisdom. When we read the um, the prayer in Ephesians chapter one, what is Paul praying for the church at Ephesus? He's praying that they would have the ability, the the wisdom, the revelation, the knowledge to to even see how beautiful, how powerful the love of Christ is towards His people. Paul is saying in Philippians, I want to know more of this. I don't ever want to get to a place that I'm satisfied with where I've been. I don't ever want to get to a place to where I can say, okay, I've I've made it, and now I'm here. No, there was something in the heart of Paul that realized that, listen, his primary goal, his primary purpose was to know Jesus Christ, to know him in the power of the resurrection, to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings, which is another subject that I, I plan on doing some some programs on in the near future but what does it mean to suffer with Christ the bible talks about those that suffer according to the will of god and and again they that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution so there's there's an element of that that's connected with glory i don't want to go totally into that right now because that's such a broad subject that 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 deserves more time but but i want you to hear me paul knew what it was to bear the scars in his body for the Lord Jesus he he knew what it was to be beat to be scourged he he knew what it was to be beaten to death and left outside a city to die he knew what it was when he said everyone in Asia has turned their backs on me I mean this man went through some intense he knew the sufferings of Christ he also knew him intimately enough that those sufferings also I believe connected with the heart of Jesus, the burden of the Lord, the way the Lord feels towards lost humanity, the way he felt towards his own people, the Jewish people. He even said that many times are. Uh, that I, I wanted to be like a hen that would gather her chicks under her wings with with regard to his own people so so Paul was feeling all of these things he he was learning Christ as he grew in his in his walk with God as he was obedient day in and day out. So when Paul invites us to follow him, as he follows Christ, to imitate him as he imitates Christ, then my friend, it is a deep, 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 deep invitation. It is not just, I'm going to teach you how to preach. I'm going to teach you how to, how to build a church. I'm going to teach you how to sing. No, no friend. He was inviting people into his intimate walk with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I believe that that is the great need of this generation. You see the, the, the element that's so needed is this ability to steward our walk with God and then to invite others into that place. Now, I understand that a lot of the life we live has to do with the fact that we have a secret place, a prayer closet, we can call it, or wherever you might search to seek the Lord, and that could be in the woods, that could be anywhere, but in a room, but, but understand my point. I'm talking about every one of us have to have an altar of devotion in our life, and it's at that place, or it's at that, in the spiritual place, I'm not talking about geographical, because that can be anywhere, but there's that spiritual place where we are united with Christ, and it is in that place that we learn of Him, that we experience him that we feel his heart we feel his joy we feel his burden for a dying world we experience him in the power of the resurrection we experience him sometimes through tears through the fellowship of his sufferings and so paul is saying listen i want to take you i want you to follow me here this this is the place of maturity this is the place of kingdom expansion and we live in a generation my friend where there is a dire need there is a great mandate for those today, those that are listening to this today, even upon my own life, we must live in such a way that we know Jesus in the power of the resurrection, in the fellowship of His sufferings, and as a po- and as a result, we can invite others into that place. Listen, I I love that the Word of God invites us to deeper places in Him. Now, what does this have to do with legacy? Ever this is this is a legacy that was instilled to me. This is what I live for. This is what I I burn for. This is the passion of my heart. This is my soul's cry that I may know him. And that I may impart this into others, that that I may walk with others and, and help them to know what I know or to know who I know, the Lord Jesus Christ. James 4.6 or James 4.8, excuse me, the apostle here says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Matthew 5, 6, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You see, I believe the the driving force of the early church that experienced severe persecution as well as revival as well as even the revivalists throughout the history of, of the past generations that, that never lost their hunger for more of Jesus. And even more recently, Christians being persecuted and even martyred, even in recent decades, recent years, martyred is the fact. What, what is the element that, that kept them or sustained them? I believe it's the fact that they attained and sustained a deep intimacy with Jesus. And in turn, they handed it down. To the next generation friend do you really sit in a place right now in your spiritual walk where you can say that the greatest thing in your life is your hunger for more of Jesus and can you say to others that you have influence of people in your sphere of influence come and live the way I'm living because I'm living the way that Jesus lived. How did Jesus live? Jesus was a man of deep, deep prayer. I'm closing here in a minute and we might come back next week and finish this, but Hebrews 5 7, in the days of his flesh Jesus offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and with tears to the one able to save him from death and he was heard because of his reverence. Matthew 14, 23, after Jesus sent the crowds away, he he went up on the mountains by himself to pray. Listen to this. And when it was evening, he was there all alone. Luke six twelve. It was at this time that Jesus went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer unto God. Mark 1:35, In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. You see, friend, this is the calling this is the this is what we must leave to the next generation you can teach your spiritual children to do church you can teach them to preach you can teach them to do bible studies you can teach them to sing christian songs or to write christian songs you can teach them to play instruments for the lord all of that is fine i'm not against any of that i've been doing that for many years some of those things but listen to me if i cannot take them in my spiritual walk in my walk with jesus christ then I can teach them all of those things in my flesh. I can teach them all of them things in my own ability and they can do that in their own strength. They can learn religion. They can learn Christian behavior patterns. They can learn Christian language. They can learn the, the way that preachers talk and so forth and so on. They can even learn how to play instruments and how to even be gifted and, and maybe even to be anointed on certain levels. But you can do all of that and not really have your heart right with God in the sense that you are earnestly pursuing Him And as a result, you are inviting others into that place as well. Listen, James Dobson said one time, and I'm I'm not quoting him verbatim, but I'm paraphrasing. He said, a heritage is what you leave to someone, but a legacy is what you instill into someone. My heart today, wherever you're at, my friend, my heart today is that I am instilling a hunger within you for more of Jesus. Not to hear more of Keith Collins. Not to do more Christian works and activities and we're called to good works. I understand that. But friend, do you burn to know Him more? Can you invite others into your prayer life because your prayer life is real? Is your walk with Jesus authentic and genuine or is it just something you just kind of learn to go through the motions? We can all easily slip into that if we're not careful. Can you say right now to those that you have Connected to you. Listen. Live the way that I'm living. Because I'm living the way that Jesus is living. Friend. This. Is what is so needed in this generation. My prayer for you right now. Lord Jesus. Set our hearts ablaze. Use us for your glory Lord. Lord awaken a generation. That will hunger and thirst for you. And that will have a burden. And a great great desire. To impact the next generation. For the glory of Jesus Christ. We need you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for listening again this week. My name is Keith Collins. You can reach us. You can contact us. You can learn more about our ministry at keith-collins.org, or you can also go to impactgf.org. Again, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get your prayer request and We'll pray over those and believe with you. Let me invite you to come back again next week. And again, share this program with those around you. God bless you. And until next week, may the purposes of Jesus be more and more real in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins. I want to ask you to please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then please subscribe and listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about my ministry, please go to Keith-Collins.org or ImpactGF.org.